All right, everybody, welcome to Secular Jams Now. XXX Secular Jams Now. We are extending the CJN multiverse. So I'm treating this as if we had like grown up not listening to church music. Uh, yeah, like no, this is a. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, three former kids doing a deep dive on and current music nerds doing a deep dive on just music on just music from the 90s and 2000s uh yeah so so this is a patreon only show that that we're gonna do we we kind of talked about this uh the idea that it might be kind of fun to bring not necessarily like just christian records but like secular records from the 90s and 2000s that all three of us may like individually love that maybe don't get talked about a whole lot and kind of mm. give the the full CJN treatment to. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Kylan Savage. And with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Hey, hey, ready to get hey. secular up in here. <laughs> that sounds so scary. <laughs> uh, and, of course, our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. What's up? Yeah, I know. I feel like I should like alter my personality since we're... Yeah. Not we got a regular get edgy. show. <laughs> yeah, we have to be edgy. That I mean, Josh Olson, just, what of it? This <laughs> I was sick of you. This just feels like some like residual like religious trauma that we're like, oh, secular. We have to be edgy. That's one hundred percent what's happening. Yes, we're overcompensating because <laughs> we feel like we have to. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So for this very first one. Uh, I picked a record that you guys know nothing about. Accurate. But I'm really excited about it. This is a record that's in my like top 10. Like wow. top 10 of all time. Of all time? Of all time, dude. Uh, this is a real fireproof situation. Which, I'm putting myself okay. out. I want to say, the... for the record, we have had at <laughs> least are. one, maybe two conversations of like, us all talking about our top 10 records and this mm -hmm. was definitely not on the list when we talked okay then fine so top 20 i want to be fair <laughs> that like this record is coming out of left field but not because i just don't well, know it's because but you have never mentioned it this is a record so i have like okay so we talked about i'm doing this like emo masterclass podcast by myself and i have this like because i'm in this weird position of someone that consumes so much pop culture that on one level it makes it really easy to connect with like a lot of people because I have a lot of connection points but then I feel like there is a lot of stuff that I like really connect to that I just don't necessarily like bring up or like right. talk about because sure. I don't have anyone that be because it's a little bit of like you know chicken or the egg of like my personality type you know Enneagram four wing five or whatever that like I want to connect with people, but I also want to give like I also want other people to like feel really seen and heard. Mm -hmm. So I will you typically like wait for a connection point to be like brought up for it to be natural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't bring up a lot of like the because there are these like weirdly specific things within pop culture that I like super connect to that I just, yeah, it, it just doesn't ever come up. Uh, and I, and I feel like 
Like, I don't want to be like that guy that's like, oh, you should check out this band. Even though, like, I recognize intellectually, like, that's not ever the case. But, well, especially with us. So, you exactly, I know. So great. So, I'm excited to talk about this record. So, I'm taking over Josh's position. And I did research, guys. This is, this is well, real. I did, I did research. zero research. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, how do you feel flying blind like this? It's kind of nice. Like I just is it? I didn't. Ha- I had zero Isn't preparation it? to do. Like, it was like this is why I have anything. so many quips because I don't have to prepare anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how many quips you have on this episode because your brain space has been taken up by research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly no clip exactly <laughs> um so guys this week we're gonna talk about uh the 1998 record orange rhyming dictionary by jets to brazil which orange rhyming yeah, dictionary is a great name it's so good it's so good it's a perfect album name so i love jets to brazil and i love this album in particular so since you guys probably have like no emotional connection to this band let's just go ahead and dive into like some of the research uh there are some things on this that i think you will find interesting so jets to brazil started in brooklyn in 1997 they were mostly active from 97 to 2003 um they only had three albums that came out Orange Rhyming Dictionary was their first one. Four Corner Night came out in 2000 and Perfecting Loneliness came out in 2002. They kind of briefly got back together in like 2015 and did a like a couple shows, but you know, no new music or anything. So 97 to 03 was sort of their real run. The band consists of three main members, uh, Blake Schwarzenbach on vocals and guitar, and he actually came from the band Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker, yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jawbreaker at all. That's but... the only thing I know about Jester Brazil, Kyle. Yeah. Is that it's the guy from Jawbreaker. It's the guy from Jawbreaker. Yeah. So Jawbreaker. Oh, where did TJ Uh-oh. go? <laughs> that was all he had to say. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. The only thing <laughs> I know is the guy from Jawbreaker. Peace out. <laughs> Well, I'll keep going on research. I hope he'll come back in. I took off the option for the waiting room, so he should just jump back okay. in. So, Josh, are you, are you familiar with Jawbreaker at all? I don't think I am. Okay. So, Jawbreaker was kind of part of that whole 90s, like, second wave of emo. Okay. So, it was, like, real kind of, like, punk rock, uh, but really focused on, like, more, like, you know, closer to, like, the 80s, like, emo core where it was more like hardcore or punk rock, but instead of talking about politics and how angry they are at everything, uh, they talked about like ladies and how sad they were. And Jeremy Chatelaine was on bass. He's the guy that's kind of floated around a bunch of different bands from that. Uh, but Chris Daly played drums on the record. He was formerly from the band Texas is the Reason. I don't know if you know Texas is the reason at all, but they're another one of my favorites from this time period. One of those bands, they like Texas is the reason to me is like on the same level as like mineral or the Gloria record where it's like, they were hugely influential within this specific scene, but outside of that, like no one really knows who they are. Mm hmm. Yes, we're talking about Chris Daly is the drummer. He was the drummer for Texas is the Reason. Oh, yeah. 
which is another one of those like 90s emo bands cool. that I really love. And they had a couple other members kind of in and out, but they were like the the three primary hmm. for this record. Fun fact, uh, the name Jets to Brazil actually came from Chris Daly. Uh, it's a reference to Breakfast at Tiffany's, oh. the movie. Um, oh, there's wow. a scene in Holly Golightly's of him. <laughs> yeah, right, I know. In Holly Golightly's apartment, uh, there's a poster. It looks like a travel poster of like an airplane, and it says Jets to Brazil. Amazing. And wow. he thought he thought that'd be a cool band name. He was so right. He decided to to go for it. Yeah. Uh, so this album, Orange Rhyming Dictionary, came out October 27th, 1998 on jade tree records uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with jade tree at all but they were kind of like the 90s emo record label mm. this was actually uh, so this album didn't chart but it is the best-selling release in jade tree's history wow. according to them nice yeah it's like it's sold more than any That's other cool. The thing that I found out that I didn't know about this record that kind of ties it back into the CJN universe at large was this record was produced by Jay Robbins. Hmm. So he produced for uh, The Promise Ring, Against Me, like a bunch of bands around this time. But the thing that's really going to connect it is that I didn't know is Jay Robbins produced uh, AB Life. By me without no you. No way. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's rad. So he, yeah. So he not only did production, he did like additional instruments and vocals and stuff. But this is the beauty of research. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. <laughs> that was like the coolest dots. thing. I was so excited. I was so excited when I read that. I was that's like, great. oh man, the guys are going to get a kick out yeah. of this. Very cool. Yeah. So his fingerprints are kind of all over this record. Nice. And I am curious to like, whenever we do like AB life to see kind of how that compares. Mm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So last, last thing we have some Spotify stats. Jets to Brazil has about 71,000 monthly listeners. Um, their biggest song. So their three biggest songs on Spotify are, are all from this record. Uh, Chinatown has 5 million listens. Sweet Avenue has 4 million and crown of the Valley has 1 million. Pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Respectable. Yeah. So I know you guys don't know anything about this, so I know there's not much discussion until we like dive into it. The only thing that I am imagining just from like the name of the band and the album and looking at the track list and the artwork is like I'm imagining Sunny Day Real Estate meets Minus the Bear. Mm. And that's the only thing that I'm like. Expecting. That's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's like that's really good. Yeah. Blake Schwarzenbach, he's got a very like particular voice. It, mm -hmm. it to me, it's like it doesn't sound the same, but it feels like a spiritual successor to like Elvis Costello. Mm, cool. You know what I mean? He's got like a very particular kind of like proto pop punk voice. Mm-hmm. That like he doesn't have like the strongest voice, mm -hmm. but but it's got character. You're either really you're either really gonna love it or you're really gonna hate it. Yeah, but I love it. There are some songs on here that I like super love. Uh, another fun fact: the album art was done by I don't remember his name now, but the lead singer of the Promise Ring. Oh. He did like album art for like a bunch of those guys around that time. Nice. 
So, okay, besides Josh's analysis, do you guys have anything? TJ, do you have do you have anything? Well, we did we had that little in? conversation uh on our text thread about supergroups. And I wanted to oh, know, yeah. like, do you consider just a Brazil supergroup? Yeah. I don't really. I don't, I don't, because I feel like for a supergroup to exist, like enough of the members have to be like high profile enough to like recognize relatively successful in their other projects yeah and the thing is like i fucking love texas is the reason mm -hmm. but i also recognize that it is very specific and they only have like the one album mm -hmm. you know what i mean so if anything this i would qualify this more as like a side project it's because... like a jawbreaker spinoff because after Jester Brazil broke up, like Jawbreaker kind of got back together and stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's more of a side project than anything else. Okay. I, I just wondered what your sort of categorization would be for it. So that's, that's good to know. Yeah. But guys, this, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I know it's a big one for you. So just based on I, that, well, I'm really excited. I think too, because there were a lot of albums that I considered, but I think this one, uh, in particular, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna scratch the itch of like TJ lyrically and Josh production wise. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like I think there's gonna be a good balance. Like I'm hoping for Bob's okay. all around. I also recognize if if it's not, you know. It is what it is. It's, it's a Kylan record. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. And you'll stand but, by that. That's but, what we're doing. But I, I, I think there's going to be different elements of the record that are are going to hit both of y'all. Nice. I think I think the whole reasoning behind this sort of like mini series on Patreon is Texas. Or... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I'm I'm I think the whole thing is going to be just like, you know, sharing a record that i really like that i don't get to get to talk about yeah and i i think it's gonna do something there, there's gonna be at least some things that that connect for both of y'all yeah when was the last time you listened to it three days ago <laughs> okay. nice all right <laughs> uh it was funny because uh jen and i were driving and i put this on and i was like dang okay so we just decided that we're gonna do this for the patreon and I know I like shouldn't listen until we do it, but I, I already know I already know it's gonna be a bop for me because this is, so this is a record that I will say I listened to in full probably like three or four times a year. Wow, yeah, all right, um, steady rotation like from front to back. Yeah, it's yeah. it's always it's always in my rotation, and it's a long record, isn't it? It's like it kind of is. It's like fifty six minutes or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you must really like it. Yeah. I know. Isn't that it's wild? a long. One I know like it's that, not an EP. <laughs> that says a lot, actually. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, I will say, uh, before we get into it, "See an Enemy" is one of the best fucking songs I've ever heard, and I will listen okay. to that on repeat. I love that as a name for a song. Oh, it's yeah, so good. Great. It's so good. Uh, and lyrically, that 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 song is so good. Everything about it. So, you know, I know you guys don't have much in terms of context, 
but I'm hoping, especially since I found out that the guy that produced this produced AB Life, that oh yeah, that, that there are going to be some things that you guys kind of latch onto. Yeah, man, I'm intrigued. So I guess I have to ask you: Do you <laughs> what do you predict? <laughs> Is it going to be a flop or a bop? And remember, our friendship hangs in the balance. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say I think it's gonna just like tiptoe over the bop line for me. Yeah, TJ, That's I think my you're guess. gonna, I think you're gonna love like half of it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But I think from what you've told me and like from what I know about you, uh, kind of like why why you tend to like a lot of the bands and artists that you do. I feel like enough of that, like that juice that like Kylan vibe juice is going to be in this record for me yeah. to also be like, I like this. I think it's going to just like put it into Bob Town. Yeah, I think it's I think it's barely going to be a Bob. Mm -hmm. for you. Josh, I have no idea. Oh really? Yeah. That's what I'm curious of. Like, I was like, what would you guess would be our final verdict? Uh, I think it's I think it's also gonna barely be a bop for you, but for different reasons. Oh, I'm intrigued. I'm a little bit worried that you guys are gonna get bored with this. <laughs> that wow, <laughs> which is valid. What is so best. ironic? Yes. Like you like, <laughs> I know you're the I guy know. that's always getting bored, and a lot of times Josh and I are like are like, no, it's great. Like stick with it and you're like no but i'm bored well, wouldn't that, it be like poetic that's why i'm excited to do this series <laughs> I, i'm secular james kylan like... is a completely different <laughs> it's right. a different ball game man <laughs> yeah. right i mean that's all thing i like i'm thinking with like this series can maybe give listeners like like a little bit more context of mm -hmm. like the kind of things that we listen to regularly that oh yeah and why we enjoy them so so josh what do you think oh, yeah. flop or bop i think it'll be a bop i am one very intrigued about like learning more about this era of music and like your emo master class and <laughs> i don't know much about like texas is the reason and i've listened to a little bit of mineral but i'm like as i like have gotten further back into like jimmy world's like discography i'm like i want to dive into more of that 90s emo okay if you like early stuff. jimmy world i think you're gonna like most of this right yeah i've really been loving static oh, prevails right. this year so yeah okay which previously i didn't ever was really into but i kind of am in that so you're like primed record. i feel like oh, this is man. the perfect time for me to jump into this record and like, like hell yeah okay, cool so mm. I'm excited to learn more about it in general, regardless of whether I like it or not. But I think because you like it so much and I'm intrigued with this Aaron music, I think it should be a bop. Sweet. Okay. Nice. Well, I think that's it. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we will deep dive into 1998's Orange Rhyming Dictionary by Jets to Brazil. On secular <laughs> jams now. It's so edgy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Secular Jams Now. Secular Jams Now. You did this on part A, right? <laughs> Where we're like super edgy in a morning radio gritty. show. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't give a flip. Jams Now. Jets to Brazil. On my taxable income, I rounded down. <laughs> Uh, can we do an entire, <laughs> like, as part of the CJN multiverse, do an entire <laughs> real episode? It, okay, if we if we talked about potentially at some point in the future redoing Jesus Freak, can we redo 
all of Jesus Freak as like a morning. I, I will I will get like a soundboard and we'll do like a morning zoo shock jock. Only if we version. also do like a NPR late night version oh, yes. of another episode. So. Okay, so this is Church Jams now. Uh, we are wow. talking about the Newsboys record. Step right up to the microphone. That Step grunge guitar right comes really microphone. right in front and just grabs you. I think those drums this <laughs> are over compressed. This episode has been brought to you by viewers like you. And the new show, Wholesome Olsons, this Wednesday. If you'd like to support our program, we have knapsacks for sale with our new NPR-styled logo. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm totally doing an NPR rip-off CJN logo, <laughs> and we're going to sell tote bags. All right. Anyway, welcome back to Secular Jams Now. We're going to deep dive on 1998's Orange Rhyming Dictionary by Jets to Brazil. Mm. I'm a little nervous, guys. This is like, you know, like like when you show a significant other like a movie or a TV show that you think is really funny and then you just like stare at them, be like, do you think this is funny the way that I think it's funny? You should be laughing right now. Why aren't right. You? That's a little bit how <laughs> I feel. So before we like dive in, do you guys have any like general thoughts? Anything you want to say or do you just want to go for it? I'm just going to make it sweat a little bit on how I feel about this record. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like whatever I would say would actually be better in context with the music. So I know I well you know I, know I feel mean? like I, I feel like I've sometimes there this, are things. I feel like I've gotten into this habit of in part B, asking like for general thoughts. But yeah, it makes more sense to just like have the context surrounding each song. So sometimes yeah. there's stuff we want to get out there in in front, but I feel like in this. But case, apparently not now on my favorite record of all time. Well, Thanks, what guys. do you want to say about it? You got anything that you didn't get in on part A? No, I'm not going to tell you because you don't know if it's going to be a flop or a bop. See, that that's the whole problem with the general thoughts. Yeah, they have to be very general. Right. Very it's like, this is an album. I'll show your hand. This is music. Came out of, this is music. We have listened and to. we listen to it. Maybe Here's once, track one, maybe Crown of twice. the Valley. whatever that high guitar thing is that i don't i don't like that 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 was very scary for me for my ears too the much. first time through yeah um, i was like is that supposed to be there what's happening but then when it drops down right that works that's great i was not expecting this to be so upbeat and kind of jammy oh dude oh, yeah. jammy this is the word. whole album is jammy as fuck jammy. dude I yeah that that wall guitar is super fun. This reminded me of uh of the Audio Adrenaline record that we covered. Yes, it's a lot like back... Chevette. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's exactly what I wrote. If we're tying it back to CJN World, mm-hmm. um, felt very similar to Chevette, like the guitar mm-hmm. tone and everything. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was like super groovy. The wall guitar is really fun, and even like the droney. Kind of when they they do those long whole notes like that's mm-hmm. a lot like audio a. It's 
kind of a signature move. This brought up for me... Okay, so I've never really paid attention to the lyrics of this record for being one of my favorite records. (laughs) Okay. You guys know that. That's good context. I get that. Oh, so I will say, I will give a disclaimer (laughs) for you guys uh, because I listen to all the lyrics on, on the record this time. And I have mentioned many times that this is one of my favorite records. I promise that I'm okay. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate it. I just it. want to let yeah, you guys yeah, know. Yeah. That's helpful. That's because good. this record gets really dark. It does. But I'm I'm okay, I promise. That's good. This isn't a cry for help. Maybe a little, but <laughs> a cry to listen to this album. Exactly. Yeah, so something about the lyrics of this song like really brought up for me. I feel like around this time, like the mid to late 90s, um there is a really big like this pastiche of like 1950s and like Cold War era imagery in lyrics and in music and in entertainment. You know like like uh Brendan Fraser's like Blast from the Past movie was kind of like this. I don't know if you guys have seen the music video for Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Mm. But it's like it, it feels like this really 90s thing I've of seen taking the like Buddy Holly music video does that fit into your That was like yes. was happening yeah. in the 70s. I guess it was like later. It wasn't the 50s. But like, it was a 70s take on the 50s. Yeah, the time is cyclical. Everything's made up. <laughs> but uh yeah, there's this whole vibe of like hey, let's like digitally enhance all of the colors and everything, but take this like 1950s, but like make it feel neon. Hyper-realistic. Like a John Waters kind of like thing where it's like, let's use the facade of like a 1950s housewife to highlight everything that was like fucked up about our society. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, And I feel like the lyrics of this song like really kind of fit within that. Hmm, yeah. I, yeah, I can see what you're saying. That's I, I wasn't kind of approaching the lyricism in the song that way, but now that you say it, it's like I can see the imagery, like the ice cream reference, and right. It feels like a lot of like '50s kind the, of like the suburbia references. Yeah, for sure. I just also I I I like the lyrics. So I didn't realize until way later in the song, but I think with Blake Schwarzenbach, he's almost got kind of like a Beck thing in that sometimes the actual words aren't as important as how the syllables like fit together almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's more about the cadence. Yeah, exactly. Or the feel. And and I'm way about, like, I love the line cocktail revisionists. That just like, that's great. That stuck out to me. I was like, Uh, I want to understand that more. Like, but but I I like the way it's supposed to. I, I think if you, if you approach it the way, like listening to like Beck, I think it won't be as like, confusing <laughs> there's a lot of that on this record like lyrics that i keyed into and i liked a lot but i'm like do i know what this means no do i like i could i dig into it probably but i just really like that like right I like but it just like structured that cool line. And, like yeah yeah i was not expecting con- for lyrics i was not expecting this song and this record to be so wordy like he is singing a lot of the time. He is and it's very like wordy. New verses, like new choruses. Like, yeah, yeah, I was expecting a lot more like musical space like you find on kind of like regular like 90s emo records. Right. Yeah. So I was I was very surprised at that, especially. But especially for, you, for like how such jammy. a non lyrics guy. Right. Right. Yeah. He but I feel like he uses lyrics and his vocal similar to like an instrument and just kind of how it fits in mm-hmm. with like everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's filling sonic space in a, in a more vibe 
capacity exactly in like a thematic or message centric way this song was the first of many that has some sweet sweet (laughs) bass all right i was wondering how long it would take for you to bring that up is a track dude this is a sweet sweet bass record yeah yeah and and we'll definitely get into that more do you guys have anything else on this song in particular it opened the record really well good energy yeah so i thought so and then I thought it transitioned really well into track number two, Morning New Disease. Morning New Disease, trouble in bed. Bone soaked, anemic, lifted in To the scraping of flat, wear and shine. There are a couple really good transitions between tracks on this record. And I thought this one was really good. I will say that guitar line in the beginning is really obnoxious. Okay, this intro could be a Norma Jean song on Bless the Martyr. It totally like, could, the, yes. The dissonant guitars, but also that drum beat is very uh-huh. Bless the Martyr. So I was like, wow, this oh could my totally God, yeah. be on there. That's so good. It's almost like, because it, uh, like the kind of droney, angular sounds of it made me think of Interpol, actually. But like more metal, obviously. Right. So it's almost Metal like Norma Jean meets Interpol. I don't know. That's so good. I have two notes on this. One is a really big note. And by note, I mean a request. <laughs> uh, listening to this song, TJ, I feel like Sooth could do a really fucking awesome cover of this song. <laughs> really? Yeah. I feel like melodically and musically, it kind of fits within, to me, my interpretation of like the sooth oeuvre. I think you could do a really good job of it. Hmm. Not that you would want to, but if you ever did want to, felt so inclined, you would do a really good job at it. I think I think your voice would fit on this really well. I think uh, huh. the way that you play would fit along with this really well. Like the way I play guitar. Yeah, I think so. I I think just uh, I, I think like some of the chord choices and stuff just kind of like fit within and, and the way that, that the vocal fits within the melody, it just, it, it weirdly reminded me of Sooth like quite a bit. That's so fascinating to me. I have so many <laughs> thoughts that I don't even know how to like, you should take it as a compliment, but I would understand if you didn't. Well, here's the thing. I don't like this song very much. <laughs> so that's like <laughs> so interesting, but like, I don't know. You're challenging my, my initial uh, take on the song like maybe i need to give it a, a, a few more listens and like dig to into be fair, it fair like because i in, i love that you thought of that that's in, the in terms of like songs on this record i don't th- this is maybe my least favorite okay but i think what i mean by that is like, like i think you could elevate this into something like really interesting and cool hmm I would definitely come at it from a very different um, place, which would be yeah. interesting because that's what good covers do, right? Like, right. they approach the song from a different perspective. Yeah. The writing is like part of why. So like y'all, y'all mentioned something that I think is really paramount to this album and the way that, that anyone listening to it would interpret it or experience it. And that is this kind of like very wordy style that he has. Like what I keep finding with, the songs as I'm listening through to this album is that each little piece is really interesting, but mm-hmm. I can't make it make sense as a whole. And so that's right. been, that's been really difficult for me cognitively or like lyrically, like I'm having trouble 
connecting with the songs because I'm like, this idea is cool, this idea is cool, this idea is cool. But all together, I can't make them make sense. And y- and y'all made a good point that you're not supposed to like, yeah. Well, just I think let that, it that, just wash that, over you and be. I think that's probably why I relate to it so much is because it it feels very like he doesn't even bother to like rhyme most of the time. Correct. So it feels like very spoken word or kind of like like a very like stream of consciousness kind of writing yeah Um, so it's almost like i feel like i i i tried to shift gears a little bit once i realized that because i think it took me a few songs to like figure that out you know for sure but at this point i was like hmm i'm trying to make sense of this and it obviously was like forcing something that is not meant to be forced so as the album went on, I kind of like learned, I think a little bit, how to like let it wash over me a little more. But right. so it's interesting that this song of all of them, you're like, you could do. I think you could, man. I don't now, know what Now it you're is. almost like, you're like, you're making me want to try. Like now I'm like, like, all right. You won't good. do it. You won't cover it to yeah. you. Yeah. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all right. Kinda, yeah, sure. uh, I will say, uh, everybody take a drink, not to show my hand too much, but <laughs> this album, I didn't even realize until this listen through that this is one of those albums that the second half side B burner is way better than mm. the first half for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that. that has something to kind of do with like with what you're saying, TJ, of like the first half of this record is like a little jarring. And then right. I think by the time the second half hits, you've kind of eased into like you settle into it a what little bit. this thing is. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, but I also right. I think I think I think the second half has a lot more sort of like catchy, more pop kind of stuff. I don't know. I think I don't you're know. right. We'll, we'll, I think you're we'll, right about that. Yeah. We'll, yeah, I kind of wish they were flipped. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I didn't catch much of the lyrics on like some of the first songs on this record, but this one has like from some of the stuff I was like, these are like 1984 esque lyrics. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. Which I mean, yeah. old feels, dystopian. Very of the time, especially like this is what two years after OK Computer or something like that kind of thing. Right. So yeah. There's Android, a lot of like an that. almost like post-apocalyptic or like yep. cyberpunk dystopian kind of vibe to a lot of this, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the the first half. Yeah, it feels like the first half and the second half are almost two different records, and the first half feels like a dystopian concept record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I, can I feel like that. even carries into the next song before we get into that but resistance is futile is the next song so that one is like the most sort oh, of like narrative yeah like yeah for sure i have one lyrics note one one lyric note that i will do before my other note but he has a line i'm dreaming of a life and it's not the life that's mine in a stolen car i rock it west out past that jersey line his jersey line yeah. and i was like man is he making a bruce springsteen reference right now because <laughs> we all knew bruce springsteen is from jersey and he has a song on 1980s The River called Stolen Car, yep. where in the lyrics he has, in Bruce's song, is, I'm driving a stolen car on a pitch black night, and I'm telling myself I'm going to be all right, but I ride by night and I travel in fear that this that in this darkness I will disappear. And I'm like, these are kind of like two it similar feels, kind of yes. ideas. I like, can, with 99% certainty, guarantee you that Blake Schwarzenbach wrote that as reference to bruce springsteen yeah like just that line i'm like that could be a bruce springsteen lyric that's the thing is like so i i only picked up on a couple but there are like a thousand like like you could do an entire dissertation on references from this album 
Yes. Hmm. I have a big note for one later. He references a ton of stuff, books and movies and life events and stuff. Like, yeah, it's a super, like, referential record. Which also kind of... It just makes sense for a dictionary. Why you... You you define things in a dictionary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) My last note for this one was, like... I seriously asked this question because I don't know. I never listened to any Jawbreaker, but I was listening to this and I'm like, is he like British? Is he? Oh my God. Okay. This is a huge note that I had later on too. Yes. Because I, I never realized it. it. Up. He, no, he's not. Like, is he? But he's no. not. He's not. No, he's, he's not. not. Okay. Sounds like he's singing in a yeah. British accent. His... I had this on a later song. I didn't realize until this record how fake British he sounds. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. And then it like really hit me. I was having this really long conversation with Jen about this to kind of bring it back to like Interpol there is a a big like there's this big wave in the late 90s early 2000s of like punk bands and punk adjacent bands doing this almost like faux British invasion kind of thing and I thought that was really funny when compared to like all of the west coast pop punk bands doing the like Tom DeLonge like surfer dude nasal thing like Mm -hmm. the where are you and or they were like fake British, like where are you? Uh-huh. And uh, I feel like that was the real East Coast West Coast beef. Yeah, it was a lot less hip hop and a lot more pop punk. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not British. Yeah, he's Weird not. I could after the first couple songs, I would have been like, oh, interesting. He's British punk emo rock guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's all these dudes that like are you know. He's listened to The Clash, and he's like, I was going to say, like, like, like 10 years removed from The Clash and The Smiths and mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, yeah it almost that, feels like Morrissey. Like, it's like, yeah, I would love to talk to some of those people and be like, why did this happen? Like, where where did that, what was the impetus of this? Does he sing like, like this in Jawbreaker? Uh, Jawbreaker is a little more screamy, but yeah, his voice is kind of like his voice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he's one of those guys, like, He's also got a very distinct voice. I wanted to ask y'all, like, how do you feel about his voice? He's kind of got one of those, like, Elvis Costello, love it or hate it. Yeah, it's very kind distinct. of voices. I found myself enjoying it mostly. I I really thought it was cool. Like, I, I appreciated what he was doing vocally yeah. throughout the album. So, yeah, he doesn't have the rap. best voice, but he's got charisma. So, I don't, yeah, mind. yeah, lots of character, which yeah. I can appreciate. Sweet. Well, I think that's all we got for Morning New Disease. Let's move on to track number three, Resistance is Futile. It is. It really is. This felt like a Pixie song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I realized this drum beat, I have been ripping off for over 12 years. <laughs> this is like my drum beat. Now that you say it, I can imagine you sitting behind a kit playing this right now. Yes, exactly. Like, no matter what, if I sit behind a kit, TJ, I was just telling Josh, the, the drum beat on this song, I have ripped off for like the past 12 years. Oh, yeah, completely. This is like, if I sit behind a kit, I'm doing that where it's like like one bar of that kind of standard, like, 
you hit the snare on the three, and then on the second bar, you hit the snare on the four. Mm-hmm. So you have that way that do do da do 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 da. da. Like yep. yeah, oh, I yeah. love it so much. It's so <laughs> yeah. good. It is really great because it's like the first time you hear it, you're like, what? What did he mess that up? And the second time you right. hear it, you're like, what was that? And then by the third time, you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So it like it it's like so good. It uh, it keeps it keeps you locked in, like as a mm-hmm. listener, the drum pattern. I dig that. Yeah, I'm not usually a big like phaser or chorus sound on the guitar guy. Mm. I apparently wrote phaser on guitar kind of girl, but I meant guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it works here. It works on this song. Yeah. Yeah, and it introduces a new like sonic texture that we haven't had. So that's mm. nice. Th- I rather this song feels right at home on the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. Uh, Especially like this yeah. part that wee 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 like uh-huh. it fits within that vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the bass being kind of dancey, like it's very the what? active. The bass. The what? The bass. The sweet, sweet bass? Because that's what I wrote. Bass. It's like so busy and that I feels, know. You know, very But Scott it needs Pilgrim. to hold it down because I feel like the guitar is really simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This one is like the catchiest of the first three songs. Like this yep. was like mm-hmm. when I was like, okay, cool. I'm digging this chorus. This felt like audio adrenaline too. Yes. <laughs> the, the lyrics were a little like, I don't know, like we said, it's like very sort of apocalyptic or dystopian. It's like, it's like big brother conspiracy theory kind of feeling. And at the point that it comes, it's like, it hit me. It felt a little heavy handed, I guess. Like I was like, okay i get it like the like the that chorus or the refrain or whatever it is like you're never too small for our attention you watch tv while we watch you it's like i don't know it's a cool idea but i i, I guess i got tired of it maybe i'm maybe i'm kylan today like okay but if you took out the word shit could you not see lyrically this being a newsboys song from this era Totally, completely, one hundred percent, be a newsboy song. Yes, That's absolutely. Yeah, but, like, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Reference and like, get the. They just have to instead of saying shit, they just have to change it to oi. <laughs> get this oi out, out, out of my head. <laughs> yes, exactly. But this totally, this, this totally good. It reminded me of like early newsboys and stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, cool. Do we have anything else for this? All right, let's move on to track number four. Starry configuration. Starry configurations. I'm just a receiver. Divine recombinations. I'm just a recordist. Receptionist. Unhappy medium. Receptionist. Unhappy medium. Excellent. I like the dynamic shift happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. So this is my favorite song on the front half of the album. Cool. All right. I have sort of a favorite from the front and a favorite on the B side. Sweet, sweet. Um, I like that they took it down. At, at Me too. Point. I think agreed. it needed it. It definitely mm-hmm. did. Yeah, I feel like this album flows like like really well. I love how th- this album feels really real to me. Part of what I like, like it doesn't feel. How do you mean? Like it doesn't like. I don't know, like you can kind of you like you can pick out the bass parts, you can pick out the guitar parts, you can pick out the drum parts. Oh, like, like from a production very, like, standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, like you can kind of feel everyone playing this in like a Brooklyn loft in 1997. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, um, not a lot of like overdubs and yeah, you know, it sounds like you would hear it live. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It yeah. does feel very live. Yeah, uh, but I like the mix a lot. I like how like you can like you can pick everything out. Like yeah, really easily. Separation. Like so, they are a three piece, but Jay Robbins, the producer, did do like additional guitars and stuff. I saw that, and, and you can hear that like every now and then. But yeah, it does have a real kind of like live feeling. Mm-hmm. I like the receptionist unhappy medium line mm-hmm. that always sticks out in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was some good, unhappy good writing. Medium that feels very Morrissey, yes. and I like the idea of like excellent accommodations. But I'm just a bellboy. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that is a very Morrissey line now that you said that. I'm like, yes, yep. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After you see the hairdresser on fire, then you're like, I'm just a bellboy, <laughs> unhappy medium. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yep. I like that this song essentially has like two bridges. It's got like a kind of outro that feels like a second bridge. Right. Yeah, I like this song a lot. I think it's like the most, it's like it's like finally the reprieve that I needed to to start wrapping my head around what's happening lyrically, like this kind of, collage style lyricism where it's just like little like cool idea after cool idea but it was like this one where i finally realized like this is how to experience this album is to like let the images wash over you and not try to piece them together and make like a greater right yeah no, I, think, I think collage is like a really good term yeah for that. and that writing style it was like this song because it was a little more a little less chaotic and it started mellow and then builds. So I had enough right. time as a listener to wrap my head around all of that and be like, okay. Like you're saying, there's good separation. I could hear all the parts. Yeah, this was like a strong a strong uh, moment for me in the album where I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like I see what you're doing as a band here the most. Yeah, yeah like lyrically, it feels almost more like, uh, like a dream journal. Yeah. Like he wrote like in, in a dream journal and then kind of like, just had like bullet points and then just kind of like tried to put them together yeah in a song a little like slapdash in one, go- in one- like yeah like but throw I- this here 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 yeah and it can work yeah like i think this song is proof that that style of writing is kind of interesting and like for sure can be effective yeah you guys got anything else about starry configurations all right nope. let's move on to track number five chinatown which i think is their most streamed song is that right yeah a picture for y'all please oh, paint away tell you just get you is really describe the setting so i threw this record on a couple nights ago and i'm like in the kitchen like cleaning up some stuff getting lunch ready for the next day whatnot just jamming on my phone set on the counter as i'm going around i'm like digging into the record experiencing it for this first time this song comes on and i'm like oh heck yeah like this intro i'm like this is what I'm wanting from this. Right, record. right. Like, this is what I was expecting. This is what I want to hear. And I go over, because I always like like to know the song titles. For uh-huh. some reason. I've always been that way. I go over and I look at it and I'm like, oh, this is the most popular song. And I felt so basic. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but there's as soon a as this intro it, came in, though. I was like, yeah, yes, this is yeah. what I want. That Yeah, exactly. 
Like, and, and, and this is the start of like, honestly, like I love tracks one through four. If I'm doing an alternate track list, I think you could cut those and the album would ultimately be better. Mm. Um, this song. Yeah. Especially that guitar tone right in the beginning. is just so good. It's so like reminiscent good. of like early death cab kind of of those like kind of like arpeggiated, oh, like picking yeah. kind of lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminded like me of something like, that I could not place it. Like kind I could of like almost something hear about some other lyrics yes, yes, coming exactly. on top of like coming in like that intro would play and then someone was gonna like sing some lyrics over it. I was like it was right. so like familiar sounding. Like if he sang an mm-hmm. octave higher and his vocal was doubled, it would be a death cap song. <laughs> yeah. Like mm-hmm. like something about airplanes or something. Yeah, or a photo album or something like and that. And no yeah. British affect. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. It totally good. Man. I have a lot of notes on this song. Sorry. Sweet. I know. I'm excited to hear them. I feel like I'm talking too much, and and I want to hear. I want to hear. Okay, so one thing, like I said, I was a little thrown off by how wordy all this was. I wasn't expecting it to be that wordy, and I kind of wanted it to be a little less wordy, but this song strikes like that great balance where there's like a lot of musical breaks, and that's what I was like expecting and wanting from this record, and this song Mm -hmm. is like has all of it it has like has an intro and then they just like spend some time going into it i have a lot about lyrics but i i said when he doesn't sing in an accent it sounds awkward when he says stuff like firefighters and really pronounces (laughs) the r's yeah he hasn't this whole record but that was funny but like this one has like so many cool lyrics that i just love like where i'm like i don't even like i can just leave it at like me acknowledging that this is a really cool lyric just because of yeah. how it's structured, like, and I don't need to dig into anything past that, but a couple I have are believe everything you'll be right half the time. I wrote that. That's the I, one lyric note that I wrote. That's I just such that. a good line. That is no, a good line. I love that one until I heard the chorus where he said, I'm just a question knowing my answer. Hope I'm wrong. I love stuff like yeah. that. That's yeah, a great yeah, that's pretty good. so good. And that's then so good. the most of the killers never get famous and it's hard on everyone. Like, yeah, that's so a good. great line, too. There's a lot so to unpack. Good. I did you look up anything for the lyrics, like on Genius or anything? <laughs> well, I actually have a really funny note. I wrote, I so I looked on songmeanings.com where anyone can just comment. And, guy, let me tell you, don't do that because <laughs> the comments Go were just on. cracking me up because all of the comments were like literally, these are actual comments. Uh, I think he's referencing the movie Chinatown. I don't know. I haven't seen it. And there's one that said, yeah, I think he's referencing the movie Chinatown. It's been a long time. It's a really boring movie, if I remember. I'm like, well, th- what What are you adding to the conversation here? <laughs> like, man, I, because he's not. He's not referencing the movie Chinatown. There's nothing about this song that is a reference to the Roman Polanski movie Chinatown. That's funny because the genius lyrics say that it is a reference to Chinatown. And I'm like, maybe I can't, which I don't know. But let me tell you, I recently watched through in my AFIs. I had seen Chinatown. I watched it for the first time. What do you think? That was one of my favorite movies. It's so good, right? Of all the movies, like of the new AFI movies that I've watched, like the 55 or so, that's in my top three. I loved it. Yeah. No, it's the best movie directed by a child molester of all time. (laughs) Dang, take that, Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's so good. I I, I rewatched well it again this year. 
Uh, well, that that Robert Town script is just awesome, but it's, it's so, so hard to like try to explain. It's like it's a it's a detective movie about like Los Angeles water politics, They're stealing it's water. Like, <laughs> it sounds, but it's so good. It's it so great. so so good. I love it. Yes, so highly recommended. So that like imagery just kind of like already made me like I think a little prone to liking this song. Right. Um, if I may kind of go on a long tangent or I read something, if that's cool. Please. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like just looking at the lyrics and I hope it's about annotated. what I think it's about. Okay. The line, last of the pitchers, catfish yes. okay. done hunting, Harry Lunt. Okay. Yes. Please right. explain. Because I have all this in my notes, but. Okay. But I, I'm just going to be reading like verbatim from that. Okay. So that line, like already last of the pitchers, catfish done hunting, Harry Lunt, which I'm like, I don't know what any of that means, but it's notated on there. And spoilers is kind of a bummer story. Um, <laughs> but the annotation is says this whole line is a baseball reference, specifically a sad part of baseball history. Harry Lunt was the player who came into the game for Ray Chapman, who in 1920 was killed taking a pitch to the head. Oof. Lunt replaced him for the rest of the game. The catfish done hunting line is a reference to Catfish Hunter, a famous MLB pitcher hammering home the thematic reference. The point of the verse is that Blake references Lunt, who replaced Chapman, and not Carl Mays, the pitcher who threw the pitch that killed him, Mm. referencing the line, most of the killers never get famous. It hints at the frightening part of the, in quotes, next man up mentality that society, in parentheses, in baseball, has. We quickly forget the hero and the villain of the story and only remember the most visible person in the aftermath. And I was like, whoa, like, even if like, wow. obviously it's referencing that, but like, that's a crazy like history that I had no idea about. Yeah. And so that just gives the song like a lot more depth. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. So I did find one comment on the song meanings thing that I don't know that there, there's no fact checking for this, but this one guy uh, called Weblands on songmeanings.com commented 15 years ago on the on the Chinatown song and wrote something similar but he said 15. wow the reference to Harry Lunt is from a trivia question that I asked Blake when he was playing with my son Adam in Jawbreaker so I think this is uh Adam Faller from Jawbreaker. I think that's his dad. That's crazy. <laughs> and then he goes on to like kind of explain. He said, uh, there was one major league baseball player killed while playing a game by a pitch ball. Who was he? Who threw the pitch and who ran for the dead batter? Answer, Ray Chapman was killed by a pitch thrown by Carl Mays and Harry Lunt ran for the mortally wounded Chapman. The question demonstrates that the game slash show goes on. I think that's Blake's thinking, but go figure. I told him who who Harry Lunt was, and he used it in his own way. That's why he's Blake, and that that just feels like such a dad <laughs> that's answer. Such a dad that's why he's that Blake. I'm inclined, I'm inclined to believe that this guy is like telling the truth because this is the only comment he's ever made on this website. Well, who um, else would like claim to be like this other guy's like dad? Like be like, oh yeah, right, that. My right. Son, when they're in it's such band. a specific lie. I know. So I thought lie. that was really funny that that he told. Blake this like trivia story and, and then he's just like laughing this. about the fact that he decided to put it into a song right yeah. that's why he's just, Blake right <laughs> I just thought that was really funny which just for like historical clarification it wasn't like 
the guy got hit by the pitch and died on the spot and they just kept the baseball game going because i was like holy crap like right. yeah that's that's heartless. crazy he like got taken to a hospital and then died like 12 hours later or whatever which mm-hmm. obviously still sucks but i was like okay like they didn't just be like well this guy's gonna pinch hit for this guy that just got <laughs> right, yeah, right. Killed, dead so. on the baseball field yeah, that would so. be so yeah. like dark yes but i mean it's already a dark story it's a bummer story but yeah yeah well, I'm glad you had that in your notes because I had all that in my notes too. Okay, so. perfect. Yes. So that was a bummer story, but I still love that song. Like, yeah, I yeah, the song's I'm taking so on it. I think this is my favorite song on the record. Which really, like, I feel so basic, basic, bitch. I'm so basic <laughs> for it, but that's that's everything I'm wanting in a song. Like the balance of the musical breaks to like the great lyrics that just like stick with you. Like, yeah. Sweet. Well, let's move on to track number six, Sea Anemone. The curtains, the sea anemone, in the way it sways. To the slow breeze I lie spread out on the floor Looking at these things Most of them are yours And it's so nice Sitting very still uh, Spoiler this is my favorite song on the record. This is a great song. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, the way wow. that he plays that guitar. Yes. it Like this song in particular is on my rotation at least once a month. Mm. That's crazy. Great, great song title too. Yeah. And it's so good. And Anemone. I'll listen to it. It's. <laughs> but like the guitar tone and the way he plays it, that durner, durner. It's just like that's just like all I want in a song, man. It's just like mm, it hits me in exact like it just scratches all my pleasure centers in in, <laughs> in my brain. And lyrically, I really like it because it's really evocative. Like I can see this scene like a movie in like an old like a guy in like an old motel room like chain smoking cigarettes well this was the first point in the record where i felt like he was getting personal with the lyrics and that exactly. drew me in a lot because mm. I, I was like okay it seems like you're not singing about the government watching you while you're watching tv or whatever or like, right i was like right. okay cool you're like this is coming from somewhere real so mm. yeah that automatically draws you in the one line and it's so nice sleeping here all alone with my ashtray white courtesy telephone that's like a line that my wife and i reference all the time because that 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 to me hits that perfect balance of like this feels really personal um but also just like the syllables and the cadence of that just like Mm -hmm. hits perfectly yeah, like with so the triplets, good. like yeah, that, why da, 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 da. yeah, just hits so good, and I can just see it in my brain. Like, well, I can just and that's see that yes, that's a lot mm-hmm. of what he does in the lyrics of like being so descriptive in it, and that is something that Matt Berninger from the National talks about, like in the, a lot of the ways that he writes his songs. Like, 
a lot of the times he's like he will just like paint a picture just because it paints such like uh like and like a specific picture in your mind it doesn't have to matter like but it's like that's what he wants to do and that's what you remember so it's like Mm -hmm. white courtesy telephone like you're like you automatically think of something it's not just a line you're just gonna be like oh i didn't even pay attention to that like right that just puts like you can see it on like the table and then you're like okay what else is in this room now that i'm already right exactly that's the thing is like i see this whole room in my mind and it, it, this feels like like a short story or like a short film in a way that I just love. TJ, yes, you're sure. very quiet. You, you hate this song, right? No, I... It's fine. It's okay. Sonically, I don't like it. Really? Ooh. Yeah, really. I think... I don't know why. I just, like, couldn't... I think this was a moment where, like, I like his vocal style in general, but I was, like, having trouble appreciating it with this mellow instrumentation happening behind it but now you're making me want to listen to the guitar more because i didn't really hook into the guitar and you the were guitar like, is the best part of this praising song, it so much so i Throughout i need to go spend some more thing. time with the guitar but I, I was actually quiet not because i don't like it but because i was i was trying to wrap my brain around this story this short story that you're describing and trying yeah. to see it i've got the lyrics in front of me and i'm trying to like piece it together which is which helps me understand and appreciate the song more so it wasn't it wasn't being quiet because i'm no i know i know i'm just not excited it's quiet because i'm actually really like i'm hooked in i want this to be a music video directed by kyle and savage right i just see like an old like 60s motel room totally uh just filled with smoke just reeks of smoke and you see like a dude just like hung over he's probably been living there for weeks Yep, uh, and he's just and the way that he describes these things and like relates it back to like these sea creatures, like the curtains of sea anemone, starfish with its arms out in a daze, is like him, turtle on its back in the desert sea. Like it just like it feels like a like a Miami '60s motel. It just mm-hmm. like ah, ah, it's just it's it's so vibe heavy. It's just I'm just picking up on vibes on this song, man. Yeah. Also, I like that line, waiting on a sign from God or a nod from hell. That's a yeah, good one. that's so good. That's so good. Great line. Yep. I really like, Kylan, you were talking about like the main guitar riff, but I do love like the double stop guitar part that comes mm-hmm. in, like 240 and then in the outro. Like that's a nice, I feel like there's not a ton of like secondary guitar parts or like extra like lead or melody lines, but like that's a really good one. And then I did notice that I think the snare is like panned left in this song, at mm-hmm. least in the beginning. And I was like, that's odd, but yeah, it, it's like the rest of the drums are like as normal as you would expect, but the snare's off to the left. Which I thought yeah. was so good. Interesting. Interesting. And especially I feel like for how busy the first part of the record is, this this to me feels like the first like real chance to like breathe. And it's just so simple. And this yeah. really kicks mm-hmm. off, like I said, like the second half of the record that I just love. Mm. So you see this as like track one on side B. Yes. Gotcha. For sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to track number seven, Lemon Yellow Black. Jump your 
like this one. It picks up nicely after the two slower jams that preceded it in a good way. Doesn't mm-hmm. just like blast bringing the energy it. back. Yeah, it feels yeah. real like late '90s pop. Yes, like pop rock. Yeah, I think I wrote. Oh yeah, this. <laughs> I don't mean this disparag- disparagingly at all, but it's like it made me think of like the transition music on like Drake and Josh or something. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I loved that. Show. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can see that. that. In a good yeah, way. I can see that. Yeah, this feels real like yeah, like you, you could definitely use any musical moment from this song as like transition music <laughs> right. on like a mid two thousands like yeah. Nickelodeon sitcom. Exactly. It's like it's like trying to feel a little edgy, but it's like a little California. Yeah. It's just like good vibes, like and that chorus feels like Weezer, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Like I don't know how they were informed maybe by them but i mean they they were all like yeah when, when was that first weezer record 94 94 Pinky that's around when like jawbreaker was around yeah right like i so. like i wonder if like jawbreaker you know was so jawbreaker's from california right and then he moved to new york to do this record but i don't know man this song has more sweet sweet bass this is my second favorite song on the record nice, nice. wow so you get back-to-back ones yeah, dude, I'll always listen to like these two. But another thing you guys are probably familiar with, like Kylan Savage songwriting, uh, the one, two, four chord progression mm-hmm. uh, is something that I use. Or the one, two, four, and then back to the one is something that I use in like almost every song. <laughs> For people that don't know, so like it, in a scale, if you if you attribute every note in that scale uh, with a number, it goes one to eight or one to seven and then back to one. And so like the, the second note is just a step up from the first. And then the four is like a really common resolution. So the one, two, you know, the two gives it a little bit of tension Four kind of resolves. And then it goes, there you go. Just like that. It's something that I use. I use in like most of my songs. So I'm, I'm here for all of this. Yeah. It works. Yeah, it's just a sure. good formula. Mm-hmm. It is. It's it's out. It's like yeah, because you're not just using a regular one six five or four or something like that. That two mm-hmm. is a weird one, but it does draw that tension. I like that yeah. Chris Daly, the drummer. He, I believe he's a drummer in this band, right, Kylan? Yep. He's going to town on this song, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the drums song. are so good on this record, man. They're a lot of fun. Yeah, they like. I don't know. It, it they're they're the kind of showy that a lot of like mid '90s like Midwest emo was, but he feels really tight, especially considering mm-hmm. how, like I said, how kind jammy of how, and like loose. Yeah, their vibe is he's a very tight drummer. Yeah, you're exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean he's um he was so good in Texas is the reason too. Um, yeah, I yeah. feel like it really holds it all together. Definitely. My yeah, one weird ending. note that I liked is unemployed war heroes hating this piece time. I like that line. Yeah, that's a great line. Yeah, so good. This record is so dark. It's mm-hmm. like so dark. I haven't even got to the dark stuff yet. I know, but <laughs> I love it. All right, let's move on to track number eight, Conrad. Houses close, pockets are bulging with nebutal. Bought from some doctor who also was bought to keep those pockets full. The face was 
totally what's going on with that guitar i thought it was just like a tremolo at first but then like the speed starts to vary a little bit Mm -hmm. and i'm like is he doing something i wrote that too but i think i think it is but i think they're not playing with a metronome i think they're and they're playing to take drummers just speeding up a little bit like naturally exactly okay yeah i think i think you know i think they did this all to tape and i think it is just like a tremolo but yeah, it kind of phases in and out of like the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is based on either a novel or a movie, by the way. I don't know if you guys know. I don't know if you did. Uh, Do we know any what research. novel or movie? Yeah, yeah. So the thing I, I couldn't find specifically uh, what Blake was going for, but uh, this was a 1980 movie called Ordinary People, mm. uh, which was Robert Redford's directorial debut. Oh. Uh, it's a super good movie. Uh, it it was nominated for like ten Oscars and shit. It's like so good. It's got like wow. Donald Sutherland and Mary Tyler Moore and Timothy Hutton and like all these people. Uh, it's super good. It's sort of like the OG Little Miss Sunshine. It's oh. like focused on this like kind of fucked up family and like the son in the family is named Con Conrad and he like oh. just gets out of like a psychiatric hospital because he tried to commit suicide. Mm. Uh, and then one of his friends, a woman named Beth, she commits suicide in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It, it's a really, I, I know I'm not doing a great sell on it, but <laughs> uh, it's a really, really good movie. It's kind of like a, a little bit of like a light or li- like a dark comedy, uh, but it's a mostly pretty dramatic film. But I'm, I mean, it's pretty explicit in terms of like the suicide uh, elements and stuff and right. the character Conrad is like a main character in that so but I don't know if he based it on the movie or the novel could be either I really like it I like the song yeah I like the song and then I looked at the lyrics and I was like oh wow this is kind of <laughs> this is pretty dark <laughs> yeah which is like totally my kind of vibe you know that mm-hmm. it's like the whole Ben Gibbard thing too it's like let's write the poppiest song we can and talk about some really dark shit <laughs> yeah yeah, man, that line about the angels, like vetting on will they, won't they? Yeah, in their life, like that is like heavy, man. Yeah, I wrote that down because I was like, I, I like, I guess the idea of that, but I, I don't like the idea of that. But right. like, I like that you thought of that, but that's not a the idea I like. So, I'm right. Like, oh gosh, but yeah, that's yeah. well written. Respect the Got line. It. Don't love the idea the whole part uh (laughs) warming her wrists and promising water somebody's love another one's daughter readies herself apologizing to the motel maids it's like fuck man that's like very evocative yeah yes but then it ends like so like i love the instrumental they play for like the outro and it's like pretty majory and upbeat like so it's like right it ends kind of like happy sounding but yeah very dark lyrically song yeah it is kind of a paradox you're right yeah well, we got anything else for Conrad? We haven't gotten to your favorite song on side B yet, have we, TJ? We have not. All right. Okay. I'm remembering. Josh, have we gotten to your favorite song? Yeah, Did we yeah, talk Chinatown. about that I'm basic. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm basic. But I also <laughs> like C Anemone as well. So C Anemone is totally so good. basic. Oh, so so I'm mostly basic. The next track is King Medicine. Tell me how you do that crazy trick when you walk around. Oh! 
love this song too, man. This is another one that's like really sad. Yeah. It's very obviously about like a friend that's addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. It's groovy though, man. It I, it's got that sweet sweet bass that do 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 do, and then it does the major four to the minor four, which I'm always here for too. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Love the major to the minor four. The I only notes really... I have for this song. Sorry, what were you saying? No, no, no. Go ahead. I would say the only notes I have for this song are some lyrics that I that stood out to me. There's just like so much. I feel like this record is very dense. So, like only a few listens, I feel like they're like that's not near enough to like dig into it. That's what I'm talking about. Like we could do like yeah, yeah there's like a million so I'm like, references. I feel like I'm only like, scratching the surface, and I'm like, I don't know. It just like the way it hits you, and like it just comes at you, and it just like the sound of it all, and just like it is a three piece, but there's a lot packed in there musically mm-hmm. and especially lyrically and just like the overall package that you're like, that I was like, Oh gosh, like I would have to listen like a lot of times to really like get into like a lot of notes, but like the, some of yeah. the lyrics that stuck out to me on this one were, why don't you stop dying before you go and get it right? And then now you're selling off the house so you can buy the farm, which I'm like, that's a clever, cool line. Yeah. It's dark, mm-hmm. but still right. Right. Great line. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, Josh. Like, that's a good point that, um, you know, other than the little additional guitar that Jay Robbins did, like for a three piece, it's a very full sound. It's cool. Yeah. Respectable. Yeah. They all feel like really tight. Like they're all, Mm -hmm. it's like, it all rides that line between being really flashy Mm -hmm. and just like holding down your part and like filling out the sound. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I like he's a little more yelly on this song. This is a little closer to like Jawbreaker, kind of how his voice kind of he kind of yells a little bit. Yeah, it does evoke that that sound a little more. I really like the line. Tell me how you do that crazy trick where you walk around to sleep. I like his delivery on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's funny. Like I. I, I promise I'm okay, guys. I know this is like <laughs> such a bummer of an album. But it's packaged in a way that like at first until I started looking at the lyrics, I was like, Oh cool, there's just like Yeah, it just like standard, sounds fun like, and yeah, jammy yeah, and groovy yeah. and mm-hmm. upbeat. Way more like upbeat than I expected like a nineties emo record to like right. be. And I'm like, oh. And a lot more groovy. Yes. To me, like like those, like it feels like almost kind of jarring how they kind of like go from like point to point, but they they do a good job of, and I think that's that that rhythm section, man. The the bass and drums like really hold that down. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. I have a note on the rhythm section, but I'm saving it for next the next. Sweet. Song. Well, do we want to go ahead and move on to the next song? All right, cool. I did like that. Sorry, I wanted to say that last line. Thought weather friend. You're so dying an amateur chemist now. It what it kind of wasn't until that line that I realized what this song was talking about actually, because I was oh, really? I was like hooked in more to the to the music because it uh-huh. is kind of groovy like you're saying, and I was like chemist, oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like, like retrospectively, I was like, right. Oh. But it's a great line. That that's I feel like so much of this record though is like. I enjoy it for different things at different times, mm, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, cause there is just like so much to unpack. Yeah. Sorry. I'm good. That was the one last thing I want to say, but let's one. move on to track number 11 or sorry. Track number 10. I typed for miles, which is just a great song title. It, it is. is. It's like, great. it's so good. It's such a good song. title.
This intro could be a Nirvana song. 100%. That's funny. I wrote it could be a DC Talk thing. song. Oh, also well, true. DC Talk obviously borrowed a lot from like, Nirvana. Like Jesus yeah. Freak. This could be, this intro could be on Jesus Freak. Yes. Yeah. But then I think I was like, after this happened, then I realized like a lot of like the bass and drums on this record remind me of like Chris Novoselic and Dave Grohl playing together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you change, you take Kurt Cobain out and like, I don't know, just like the style of playing and how they play together on this record yep. just reminded me a lot of Nirvana. Mm-hmm. For and, sure. And the, like the sort of sonic palette too, like the, the, the guitar sounds. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but they do, like they Nirvana. do, they just tend to do a lot more like major key stuff than like mm-hmm. minor key. Yep. Yeah. This is where they get a little gritty with it, which I do love. Like there's like the descending, like chromatic riff at like 57 yeah. seconds that makes it really creepy. And mm-hmm. I love it. I yeah, like that. it. I, I think it, it, yeah, it, you feel really disoriented listening to this song, which go like that goes along with the lyrics. And in general, this song reminded me, have you guys seen the Coen brothers movie, Barton Fink? Not yet. No. It's on my list. Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorite Coen brothers. And it's about John Turturro plays this like screenwriter who's like stuck in this hotel room. Like mm-hmm. all this crazy shit going around and he's like heartbroken and he's like washed up and all this stuff. Uh, and I got a lot of the vibe I got from watching that movie from listening to this song. So I don't know if this song is like full on a reference to that. Because mm. it, it, it's what a lot of people would consider like minor Coen brothers. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. A little more of like a cult movie. And there's right. just like so much of those kinds of references in this album. Like I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he strikes me as like somebody that'd be into Coen yeah. brothers stuff. I love this song. Back too, in the man. 90s before they were cool. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that chromatic, that like real disorienting. Oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, I like how he yells. I love his voice on this song. Yes, I have a note because it's at 451 uh, where he yells, I don't get those songs on mine. And I was like, I really like. Yes, that's my favorite right there. Yes, that's one of my favorite moments on the whole record. He says they're playing love songs on your radio tonight. I don't get those songs on mine. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, I feel it. That's really good. I also love the kind of confessional note to self. No one cares. Your voice is average. That's. I don't know, man. It's like it's on the nose, but in a really refreshing way, actually, because it's like this humble kind of moment of like, I mean, in one way, he's being self-deprecating, but also it's like acknowledging like, I don't know. It's like meta because he's singing a song about how he shouldn't be singing songs. Right, right. And I like that, like, because it's I don't know. There's a little bit of like an admission of like, I get it. I'm not the best thing ever, but I'm still trying to like say something. Right. Feels cool. Yeah. It's those moments on this song in particular that feel the most at home in the sort of like late nineties emo kind of thing. Like this Mm -hmm. feels the most like kind of sunny day real estate kind of uh, vibe. There's like the, yeah, it's like an ambient jam. Mm -hmm. Kylan. Cool. These are long songs on this record, man. Uh-huh. I know, dude. It's a I long record to ask you about with that. long songs, and you love it. I love it, dude. This is one of my favorite albums. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a multifaceted cinnamon roll of a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t-shirt. That's yeah. a t-shirt. <laughs> I want a cinnamon roll with your face on it. I'm, I'm a multifaceted. multifaceted cinnamon roll of a man 
<laughs> I'm gonna tweet that from the Church Hands Now account. <laughs> tweeting that right now. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I contain multitudes. I'm always here to surprise you guys. You do, That's buddy. my number one goal on on this show. You're doing it, man. For y'all to constantly be like, what the fuck is he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, you wouldn't think that this is the kind of record that I would be into. Like, I talk about how I don't like jam bands. I mm-hmm. don't like long records. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like long songs. But this is one of those that, like, it just hit me at the right time. And once again, I will say, I could honestly do without the first half of this record. Mm. I think it would be a better record with just the back half, or if they switched them. Mm. But I like with the the way the vibe of the first couple songs. I like the narrative, like the flow of the record. So, right. I don't know, man. I'm a multifaceted cinnamon <laughs> roll of a man. Uh, so guys here we are last last track on the record track number 11 sweet avenue thank you for making me see there's life in me it was dying to get out Holding you we make two spoons Beneath an April moon Everything is soft and sweet Sweet, sweet avenue. Shit, this is such a good album closer. Yeah. This guitar tone too. Yeah, it's really nice. so good. And then with the acoustic guitar and the piano. This actually... You know, go ahead. I was going to say this and like... There's the other one you were mentioning, the guitar tone you really liked. I don't know if it's lemon yellow black or something like that but it's like it sounds like he's playing on like really like small amps and like they're getting they're pushing those amps like that's what gives it uh-huh. that sound yeah like a kind of distorting small distorted but like trying to be louder kind of thing right no th- this goes so well with sea anemone to me mm-hmm. they've got a real similar vibe and this might actually be my second favorite song i can't this decide is, this is my favorite song on the b-side yeah it's a good one yeah it's so good. I think it's it's my favorite like lyric work on the album, I think. Well, yeah, it th- this feels the most sort of focused <laughs> lyrically. I think that's why I liked <laughs> mm-hmm. it cuz it actually feels yeah, cohesive. And in in a more accessible way. You don't have to like work to follow these rabbit trails of references to like get the song. You can just right. drop into it and you can get it. Well, and it's, yeah, right. it's, he's probably at his most honest in this song. 100%. Yeah, this is like the, most less, the least veiled yep. songwriting that he's done. And and that opening phrase is like really great. It's like cliche as hell, but it's so good. Tasting you in rain, I walk down to the train, try not to look down. This day could someday be an anniversary. Everything is light and sound. That's a great Yeah, phrase. that's the thing is like lyrically this could be kind of cheesy, but the way he delivers it, it feels yes. really honest. Yeah. Because he no, also rhymes yeah. Living by the hour, I stop for every flower. Which like Which could be bad. That's not a it great could be line. Bad. But when but you hear works. him singing sing it, yeah, just like Yes. It it feels real. Yeah. yeah. Well specifically like this day could one day be an anniversary. I was like, that could be cheesy, but when it like I heard it, I was like, oh, 
What a yeah, great way to look at life. Like, it's like Tinder. It's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You love it. My yeah. favorite line is this cigarette, it could seduce a nation with its smoke. Crawling down my tired throat, scratches part of me that's purring, softly stirring. Stirring, yeah. As the only one here who is an ex heavy cigarette smoker, I feel that like I land. super relate to that. Yeah. Like it just mm, feels so good. Plus you guys know I reference cigarettes in like every song that yes. I write. Cause I it's think true. about it all the time. Yeah. Kylan, <laughs> you're a captain of industry smoking famously, smoking famously beat up okay. on the windowsill. That's my favorite lyric from this song. That yeah. whole line. Yeah. I'm a captain of industry, which I love that already. But then smoking famously, feet up on the windowsill, looking at all these trees I feel affinity with, everything's so soft and still. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's like, that paints a picture. But just like, I'm a captain of industry, smoking famously. That's a great line. That you know? feels like a like a line you would love. Oh, yeah, I do. I do mm-hmm. love it. I also think, like, I one thing that I appreciate about this song is that he does that sort of it's like a refrain, but it's different every every time, you know? Right, yeah. The, everything is light and sound, soft mm-hmm. and slow, soft and sweet, sweet soft yeah. and still. And it's like small changes, but it's just enough to be like, oh, that's a little different this time. And so yeah. the line hits different each time. I hadn't thought about this until now, but does this song, as someone who's not a big fan of this not very well knowledgeable of their discography. Does this song have bright eyes vibes? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Especially like okay. earlier, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting. And a then with like the organ and stuff, though, too. Like yeah, I could see completely. Like Mike Mogus bringing in some organ to. Oh yeah. Oh, but this mm-hmm. guitar tone, man. This is like yes. all I'm searching for my entire life playing yes. music. Mm-hmm. This is like all I want. And but the thing like is, a simple line that just like works so well. Yes. Yep. It's it's a it's a great example of like less is more working perfectly. Yep. Yes. And and especially I, with how kind of chaotic and groovy this record has been, this feels like real chill. Yes. Yeah. Well, and specifically about that guitar line that comes in at the end. Okay, this is a love song, right? Yes. Okay, cool. That my whole point hinges upon it being so <laughs> I want to make sure I didn't Good to clarify misinterpret first. the lyrics that I was like yes, it's a love song for to a happy death. ending. Oh, is it? Josh, you didn't know. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Okay. It no, this like is I actually just... a reference to the 1926 movie, The Phantom Carriage. You didn't realize be. that? It would be. <laughs> is, that, is that the second or third episode of the Scarlet Pimpernel? <laughs> it was an unreleased. Everyone knows the Scarlet Pimpernel, an right? episode, we Josh. We do now. Only Kylan has a copy of that episode. <laughs> of course. Yes. Okay, so that guitar line, that outro guitar line that we've been talking about that I love, um, it's going and it's in the right channel. But then at 4 minutes 43 seconds, it gets double tracked into the left channel. So it makes it feel like cool and it feels like stereo and has like a lot more space. It just like becomes all more 3D. But I'm like, I'm also like seeing this could be a metaphor of like, now having someone else with you now taking yes. you from mono to stereo, to stereo essentially yeah. oh that's oh, so cool that's so really I was like, great oh i, I like love that. that whether or not that was their intention josh thanks for taking us there yeah and that's what i got from it so in a way it kind of is <laughs> what happened yeah exactly it's just such a good album closer yes i really like that about it yeah i'll say i like that they land on a positive note lyrically at the very I, end we needed it 
so for bad. sure for sure because <laughs> the second half of this record is just so dark yeah well, i love it i'm here for all of it this is the best record of all time so guys i know our friendship <laughs> hinges upon it but tell me what did you think <laughs> we all predicted bops right i, think I so. don't remember I yeah so. pretty sure i did I'm pretty sure you guys hate it, and you hate me, and you don't want to be friends with me anymore, and don't want to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and buddy. My this is, is single-handedly breaking up the podcast. Yeah, yep. I'm not Josh, strong like Josh. I can't this, handle Josh a fireproof situation. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna you start always my own. quit. This is our turn. <laughs> yeah, we're quitting this time. <laughs> I made you too sad by listening, making you listen to King yeah. Medicine. <laughs> And Conrad. Uh, and Conrad. Conrad is the back dark to back too. Conrad rough, into King man. Medicine is rough. I know. Kylan, yeah. I think you need to start us off since Okay. This is your I can do record. That. And I can we do all kind of know where you're gonna land. Yeah. Right. So yeah, guys, this is a bop for me. Obviously, I brought this record to y'all. Uh this is one that's in my rotation all the time. Uh it was really interesting for me to like really do like try to analyze the lyrics. A lot more uh that's not that's something i haven't really done with this record like i said before as sort of the resident vibe guy this album is just all vibes and i feel like his writing style like i don't know like i can on this listen i could see why like there's different elements of it where i could see you guys not really digging but it also kind of highlighted, I don't know if it did for y'all, but like why I love this record, <laughs> like the kind of songwriter that I am and totally. the kind of like entertainment and art and things that I enjoy and the way that I consume them. Absolutely. This album just, it just makes sense. It, makes it just so makes sense, sense why I love it. Cause yeah, like I said, like the way he kind of writes, Feels very like stream of conscious, like dream journal y. But with very specific references. But very specific and very articulate things. And the, there are these certain lines throughout that are just like, honestly, even just like one word. And the way he sings that one word will just like stick out in my brain. And for like, for someone with an ADD brain like me, it, there's enough of those that kind of keep me hooked in Mm -hmm. and wondering kind of what's going to happen next. So I was, I was all here for it and it will continue to be in my monthly rotation. Even if you guys aren't. (laughs) Oh, I kick Jets to Brazil over our friendship. No, that's, (laughs) uh, yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, it just made a lot more sense to me of like, yeah, no wonder I love this record. I love the guitar tone throughout most of it. Mm-hmm. I like what Josh said. That kind of it felt like it was coming out of small amps, but kind of pushed. Pushed small amps. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm here for all of it. The funny mm-hmm. thing is, I'm not super familiar with the other two Jets to Brazil records. I was going to ask right. if there was more. Yeah, stuff you kind of like, dipped yeah. after this one, right? Uh, I've listened to them, but there's nothing that really hooked me. That uh, for me, like Sea Anemone, just like. That's peak. hooked me for life. And then I yeah. listen to the rest of the record and it just, yeah, I like the way it flows. It feel, it feels like a story. Um, mm. Everything feels kind of like a dream and I love it. So 
I'm sorry you guys hated it and you hate me and you hate my <laughs> taste in music and don't want to do a podcast with me anymore. Be my friends. But no, Kylan, oh. we love the record. <laughs> Josh, what I'm we saying, I'm not you. strong like you. I can't have a fireproof situation and still remain friends because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go cry and only listen to Conrad for the next month. No. All right. What do you guys think? TJ, do you want to go? Yeah, or TJ, do you want me to go? Well, it's been really great being friends with you, Kylan. Ooh. I know. I'll miss you, buddy. It's been kind of incredible. <laughs> and I'm really sad to uh, to end it like this. Um, but at least we'll always have Orange Rhyming Dictionary. Yeah, I got to flop this album. But I'll 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 give some I'll give some caveats. So, I'm flopping the album, but what I would give a bop to is in classic Kylan style an EP with Starry Configurations, Chinatown, Lemon Yellow Black, King Medicine, I Type for Miles, and Sweet Avenue. Okay. That EP would bop. That's a lot that of makes songs sense. from that record. What's mm-hmm. that? A six song EP? That's yeah, over half the record. That's dude. half the record, yeah. yeah. So that that's a bop for me. It I think it was like so much about for me, like the way that I'm lyric centric, we know this. Trying to like make heads or tails of his very, what was the word I used for it? Uh, collage style writing, which I can really respect and appreciate, but I don't like, I don't enjoy it as much. It's like harder for me to hook into. And all the references, right. like that made so much sense to me. When I was like listening back through it, I was like, man, this makes so much sense that, that, Kylan's a big fan of this and like right I wish that I could appreciate all of that (laughs) yeah like it it just it landed like so much that that was like your pick for this and and I love that it was and I love that I got to like listen through to it and understand that was my whole thing is like yeah I just this is one of those records that like whether you you know it it's not as important to me for other people to necessarily like it right but I feel like hopefully I as a person make a little more sense. Yeah, after it's having, like after having listened to this, right? It's now. all these things that I've known about you, like, you know, very I, I don't want to give it weird, but like I know these things about you intimately. I already right. knew them. Right. But but this helped sort of make them make sense to me in a way that I really appreciated and like it gave a new dimension to that, to you as a musician, as a songwriter, as an art appreciator. Yeah, I'm glad I got to I got to see things through that lens. Um, and I'll say this, this episode, this conversation is a bop and a half. So <laughs> that is That's like, good because it'll be oh, our last one. All right. Well, we'll see you later. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I, it, yeah, that, and I think that's what I was trying to uh, articulate. Yeah, is like yeah. I I can fully understand why this is not a bop for you, but I appreciate you as a friend. Uh, In my wrong opinion, and <laughs> listening to it. Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I was I was really glad to get to do and that. And I hope and you got something out of listening to it. No, I, I got a lot out of it. And I and I'm actually I'm excited to like dig back into some of those songs in the ways that I mentioned you were like just listen challenging. Just to see an enemy again. Yeah, j- yeah. Just, just listen to it. Just close your eyes. and just, I want to like, see that music imagine. video directed by Kyle Savage. It's so good. Yeah, I see it all in my brain. Josh can <laughs> be the guy in the hotel. 
I can see it. Been Josh in like a rumpled suit. Yep. Like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. 100%. Mm. I'd watch that all day long. Well, cool. I appreciate your wrong opinion. I'm sorry. Yep. Can't keep it yeah, no, you're welcome. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I <laughs> That was really insightful. And, and, uh, and hey, man, like, I, I like this concept of, like, bringing an album to the table that, like, you think neither of us really know or might like as much right. as you and trying to just like put it before us and and explain why it's meaningful to you that yeah, that's dude. really special to me like i'm i'm glad to it's an honor to get to like be a part of that so yeah man punk that. for sure all right josh are we gonna be friends after this or not we'll see <laughs> I'll I've already written out TJ. I've already muted his I mic. just lost one, friend. I can't hear him yeah. anymore. I don't know if he's still talking. Am but, I creating uh, a spinoff <laughs> podcast with Kylan or with TJ? <laughs> right. Oh, no. Who do you love Let's, more, mom or dad? Oh, no. Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> well, this record is right on the line for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was a lot different than I was expecting. Like I was expecting it to be more groovy like have more musical space and like not be as wordy and right be a lot more kind of like slow and contemplative musically kind of like the chinatown see right right and then enemy kind of songs which those were the ones that i was really into there was a lot of like mm-hmm. upbeat stuff that I was like whoa this is just like all coming at me and it yeah. was there's a lot to unpack there so i was like it kind of threw me off a little bit that way because I was like expect. I went in with like, there's no way you can have zero expectations going into something because you're like, right, right. I was already like putting projections of like what I was going to think about this. Um, but I love Chinatown. I really love seeing Enemy and Lemon Yellow Black. I typed for miles has some really cool parts and Sweet Avenues, especially like having Sweet Avenue to end the record really like helps you like think better it's about all the record because you that, love. Because second that half, so easy to, that second yeah. half is just mm-hmm. like yeah. Because I did strong. like Resistance is futile on the first one, like that was the, the catchiest. But until mm-hmm. Chinatown, like it's not super memorable. I feel right. like other than like cool, like clever lyrics in songwriting that he has. Because I got that on this last listen through too. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that's where you kind of that was like that. where it finally hit me. Is like, oh yeah, I don't think I like the first half of this record. See, a lot of my favorite to... records, though, I are, I'm that way with where I'm mm. like, I feel like the front half is just like setting things up in the real like meat. The best part comes in like the back half. And that's what makes it like that's kind of how a movie set up, you know, like you like all the beginnings. The first half of the movie is just setting up to all the action that's going to happen in the end. So, I mean, good album. Yeah. Right. Like can't right. have that. And they're fine. I was listening to this in the car on my like drive home. And then like Chinatown started playing. And then, like, I got home. But then, like, ever since then, it's just been stuck in my head. And I was like, man, I'm like, I want to go listen to that song again because it's so good. It's so so even only a couple of listens in, like, that drew me in and a couple of the other songs I mentioned. I think I can't just, like, give this, like, a big, like, yes, this is a bop for me. I love this record. But I'm like, it's a I bop. think there's <laughs> enough here that, one, I think my my – rationale for it is like well i do i see myself listening to this again and i think i do i think there's going to be more where i'm gonna like i think i'll dig into try to dig into this more and i'll definitely be listening to like the songs that i mentioned because i really like those which is yeah like five to six songs on the record and normally my mm. rules like if there's five songs on a record i consider it a good record right um mm. so it hits that and i like it so it's right at that line but i think it's 
I will. Squeak I do see myself over. listening to this again. So yeah, it's a squeak bop. It's gonna barely squeak over the line to where I wasn't blown away by this record, but I could see myself listening to this more and getting into some other, some other parts and other songs that didn't strike me the first time, or the mm-hmm. first couple of times I listened to this. Right. I'm a. I'm so basic that I just love Chinatown. Like, well, <laughs> so I first heard this record when I was 17. Mm. And you guys first heard this record in your 30s. Yes. So, you know, that's... Very that's, different experience. You know, there's something to that. But, Josh, I'm yeah. so glad I won you in the divorce. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> suck it, TJ. No. I'm... Two Christmases. <laughs> Josh gets two... Josh gets to edit two CJ and Christmas episodes. Oh, hooray! Oh, no. <laughs> I think I lost. Uh, well, cool. <laughs> guys, we did it. Welcome. This has been... Welcome. What is... I'm losing my, losing my mind. <laughs> The first episode of Secular Jams Now. Secular Jams Now. Don't give a yeah, flip. No, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, put, <laughs> I'm gonna put. Maybe I'll, I'll record me saying like, "Sex and the devil are good," and put it backwards underneath <laughs> all of this. That's great. What is that yeah. witchcraft you're listening to? Nothing, mom. <laughs> Just secular jams now. Don't worry about it. Uh, this is it. Let's do this again sometime, guys. If you like this, let us know. If you have other records that you want us to dive into that are non, that are 90s and 2000s non-Christian records. Yeah, that's true, because we're starting off the first three are ones that each of us is kind of bringing, but then it's, it's you know, in the words of the of the Dixie Chicks, wide open spaces. <laughs> uh, uh, Kylan, they're just called the Chicks now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you can't say Dixie. <laughs> Thanks, George But you can't hear on sex, sex, Secular Jams now. We say anything. I love the devil. Sex is good. Jack Wide Antonoff open spaces, Dixie Chicks. <laughs> that new record of theirs? Which I find what? wild. Jack Antonoff produced that record of theirs? Their no new way. One? Yeah, yes. and it sucks, dude. Oh, no. <laughs> I, think sl- next I think he's in a slump now. right now. Oh, I'm not a big Jack. Jack Antonoff fan in general. Uh, yeah. Miniseries. So <laughs> 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 well, we're going to do the Chicks discography or Jack Antonoff? No, just Jack, Jack Antonoff, Antonoff produced yeah. records. Okay, you guys yeah. do that. Which is on my every record podcast, the I'm doing years, a, the so Chicks. Gonna... Yeah, I just he's just like all over everything, and I don't think he's that good. It's, we're, it's, we're getting too much jack anson just like we're saturation. right now we're getting too much taika saturation everyone's like yeah yes. put taika in everything we're like guys we're threading taika too thin we need him to concentrate yeah. and yep. do what he does best in Great. only limited capacities so right. does jack i mean this is like like bon Iver 10 years ago mm. where mm-hmm. he was on two tracks on that kanye album i was like this is too much bon Iver, <laughs> <laughs> like too much justin vernon uh all right guys Fucking peace out, Monty. May all your favorite bands stay together, even if your favorite podcasters do not. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Uh, Josh, peace out, Monfair. TJ. Peace out, Monfair. TJ, Kylan says peace out. Oh, thanks, buddy. I'll be the little go-between now. Yeah. This isn't your fault. We love you. Just trying to keep the family together. Uh TJ, no, I really love it. I, I actually, uh, I really like what you said about the record. 
and I like that you listen to it, and I feel like you get me a little bit more. I like that you invited me to listen to it. Yeah, We're so even cute. though you hated it, and you hate me, and you hate my musical taste, and you hate <laughs> everything about me, and everything that I love and enjoy, and who I am uh, as a person, and you don't want to do this podcast with me anymore, and you never want to talk to me again, that's fine. Yep, I definitely said all of those things. <laughs> the the fucked up thing is that there's a little <laughs> bit of my brain that actually does that. No, man, uh, don't. Yeah, that, that's called anxiety and, and uh, no mental illness. I wish I so. could just hug you right now. <laughs> I, I really I don't, want I don't, to. I don't. I don't. I don't really take it that personally. I. I okay. That's what I'm saying. A little part of my brain, and I've had enough beer that I can squash that down and go enjoy something else. Well, I want to even hug that little part of you and just be like, I, I know, I'm sorry too. that I, that I didn't bop this. Well, just <laughs> but you're I'm a bop. But you're see. not my mom. It's not your responsibility to do that. I'm interested I don't need to, to work see that how <laughs> much Guns Blazing Kylan comes out on the record that you picked. For oh yeah, like, oh, <laughs> you no, know, that's the, the thing. I'm also petty as fuck. Friends. I've already yeah. like resigned myself yeah. to that. That's just happening. It's fine. Watch, I'm gonna not. Just, like, I'm gonna hold that one loosely. Whatever. You it just is. like completely fucked me over by picking like plans by Death Cab, and so and I have, have to come to. out and be like, "Fuck this record. This <laughs> sucks. This is the uh, This is the best record. Interesting <laughs> premise. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll stop recording.